five of the miser by moliere translated by charles heron wall this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org act five scene one harpagon a police officer leave that to me i know my business thank heaven this is not the first time i've been employed in finding out thieves and i wish i had as many bags of a thousand francs as i have had people hanged every magistrate must take this affair in hand and if my money is not found i shall call justice against justice itself we must take all needful steps you say there was in that casket ten thousand crowns in cash ten thousand crowns ten thousand crowns a considerable theft there is no punishment great enough for the enormity of the crime and if it remain unpunished the most sacred things are no longer secure in what coins was that sum in good louis d'or and pistolets of full weight whom do you suspect of this robbery everybody i wish you to take into custody the whole town and suburbs you must not if you trust me frighten anybody but must use gentle means to collect evidence in order afterwards to proceed with more rigour for the recovery of the sum which has been taken from you scene two harpagon the police officer master jacques at the end of the stage turning back to the door by which he came in i'm coming back have his throat cut at once have his feet singed put him in boiling water and hang him up to the ceiling what him who has robbed me i was speaking of a sucking pig that your steward has just sent me and i want to have it dressed for you after my own fancy this is no longer the question and you have to speak of something else to this gentleman to jacques don't get frightened i am not a man to cause any scandal and matters will be carried on by gentle means to harpagon is this gentleman coming to supper with you you must in this case my good man hide nothing from your master indeed sir i will show you all i know and will treat you in the best manner i possibly can that's not the question if i do not give as good fare as i should like it is the fault of your steward who has clipped my wings with the scissors of his economy rascal we have other matters to talk about than your supper and i want you to tell me what has become of the money which has been stolen from me some money has been stolen from you yes you rascal and i'll have you hanged if you don't give it me back again to harpagon pray don't be hard upon him i see by his looks that he's an honest fellow and he will tell you all you want to know without going to prison yes my friend if you confess no harm shall come to you and you should be well rewarded by your master some money has been stolen from him and it is not possible that you know nothing about it the very thing i wanted in order to be revenged of our steward ever since he came here he has been the favourite and his advice is the only one listened to moreover i have forgotten neither the cudgelling of to-day nor what are you muttering about there leave him alone he is preparing himself to satisfy you i told you that he was an honest fellow sir since you want me to tell you what i know i believe it is your steward who has done this valeray yes he who seems so faithful to me himself i believe that it is he who has robbed you and what makes you believe it what makes you believe it yes i believe it because i believe it but you must tell us the proofs you have did you see him hanging about the place where i had put my money yes indeed where was your money in the garden exactly i saw him loitering about in the garden and in what was your money in a casket the very thing i saw him with a casket and this casket what was it like i shall soon see if it is mine what it was like yes it was like like a casket of course but describe it a little to see if it is the same it was a large casket 
The one taken from me is a small one. Yes, small, if you look at it in that way. But I call it large because of what it contains. And what colour was it? What colour? Yes. Of a colour, of a certain colour. Can't you help me to find the word? Ugh. Red, isn't it? No, grey. Ha, ah, yes, reddish-grey. That is what I meant. There is no doubt about it. It's my casket for certain. Write down his evidence, sir. Heavens, whom can we trust after this? We must never swear to anything, and I believe now that I might rob my own self. There he is, coming back, sir. I beg of you not to go and tell him that it was I who let it all out, sir. Scene three. Harpagon, the police officers, Valère, Master Jacques. Come, come near and confess the most abominable action, the most horrible crime that was ever committed. What do you want, sir? What, wretch? You do not blush for shame after such a crime? Of what crime do you speak? Of what crime I speak? Base villain, as if you did not know what I mean. It is in vain for you to try to hide it. The thing is discovered, and I have just heard all the particulars. How could you thus abuse my kindness? Introduce yourself on purpose into my house to betray me, and to play upon me such an abominable trick. Sir, since everything is known to you, I will neither deny what I have done, nor will I try to palliate it. Oh, oh, have I guessed the truth? I intended to speak to you about it, and I was watching for a favorable opportunity, but as this is no longer possible, I beg of you not to be angry and to hear my motives. And what fine motives can you possibly give, infamous thief? Ah, sir, I do not deserve these names. I am guilty towards you, it is true, but, after all, my fault is pardonable. How pardonable! A premeditated trick, and such an assassination as this? I beseech you not to be so angry with me. When you have heard all I have to say, you will see that the harm is not so great as you make it out to be. The harm not so great as I make it out to be? What, my heart's blood, scoundrel? Your blood, sir, has not fallen into bad hands. My rank is high enough not to disgrace it, and there is nothing in all this for which reparation cannot be made. It is, indeed, my intention that you should restore what you have taken from me. Your honour, sir, shall be fully satisfied. Honour is not the question in all this. But tell me what made you commit such a deed. Alas, do you ask it? Yes, I should rather think that I do. A god, sir, who carries with him his excuses for all he makes people do. Love. Love? Yes. Fine love that! Fine love indeed! For love of my gold! No, sir, it is not your wealth that has tempted me. It is not that which has dazzled me and I swear never to pretend to any of your possessions, provided you leave me what I have. In the name of all the devils, no! I shall not leave it to you. But did anyone ever meet with such villainy? He wishes to keep what he has robbed me of? Do you call that a robbery? If I call that a robbery? A treasure like that? I readily acknowledge that it is a treasure and the most precious one you have, but it will not be losing it to leave it to me. I ask you on my knees to leave in my possession this treasure so full of charms, and if you do right, you will grant it to me. I will do nothing of the kind. What in the world are you driving at? We have pledged our faith to each other, and have taken an oath never to forsake one another. The oath is admirable. 
and the promise strange enough yes we are engaged to each other forever i know pretty well how to disengage you i assure you of that nothing but death can separate us you must be devilishly bewitched by my money i have told you already sir that it is not self-interest which has prompted me to what i have done it was not that which prompted my heart a nobler motive inspired me we shall hear presently that it is out of christian charity that he covets my money but i will put a stop to all this and justice impudent rascal will soon give me satisfaction you will do as you please and i am ready to suffer all the violence you care to inflict upon me but i beg of you to believe at least that if there is any harm done i am the only one guilty and that your daughter has done nothing wrong in all this i should think not it would be strange indeed if my daughter had her share in this crime but i will have that treasure back again and you must confess to that place you have carried it off i have not carried it off and it is still in your house oh my beloved casket my treasure has not left my house N no sir well then tell me have you taken any liberties with ah sir you wrong us both the flame with which i burn is too pure too full of respect he burns for my casket i had rather die than show the least offensive thought i found too much modesty and too much purity for that my cash-box modest all my desires were limited to the pleasures of sight and nothing criminal has profaned the passion those fair eyes have inspired me with the fair eyes of my cash-box he speaks of it as a lover does of his mistress dame claude knows the whole truth and she can bear witness to it hello my servant is an accomplice in this affair yes sir she was a witness to our engagement and it was after being sure of the innocence of my love that she helped me to persuade your daughter to engage herself to me ah has the fear of justice made him lose his senses what rubbish are you talking about my daughter i say sir that i found it most difficult to make her modesty consent to what my love asked of her the modesty of whom of your daughter and it was only yesterday that she could make up her mind to sign our mutual promise of marriage my daughter has signed a promise of marriage yes sir and i have also signed oh heavens another misfortune to the officer right sir right aggravation of misery excess of despair to the officer sir discharge your duty and draw me up an indictment against him as a thief and a suborner as a thief and a suborner these are names which i do not deserve and when you know who i am scene four harpagon elise marianne valere frosine master jacques the police officer ah oh, guilty daughter unworthy of a father like me is it thus that you put into practice the lessons i have given you you give your love to an infamous thief and engage yourself to him without my consent but you shall both be disappointed to elise four strong walls will answer for your conduct in the future to valere and good gallows impudent thief shall do me justice for your audacity your anger will be no judge in this affair and i shall at least have a hearing before i am condemned i was wrong to say gallows you shall be broken alive on the wheel kneeling to her father ah oh, my father be more merciful i beseech you and do not let your paternal authority drive matters to extremes 
do not suffer yourself to be carried away by the first outburst of your anger but give yourself time to consider what you do take the trouble of inquiring about him whose conduct has offended you he is not what you imagine and you will think it less strange that i should have given myself to him when you know that without him you would long ago have lost me forever yes father it is he who saved me from the great danger i ran in the waters and to whom you owe the life of that very daughter who all this is nothing and it would have been much better for me if he had suffered you to be drowned rather than to do what he has done my father i beseech you in the name of paternal love grant me no no i will hear nothing and justice must have its course you shall pay me for the blows you gave me what a perplexing state of affairs scene five anselm harpagon elise marianne frazine valere the police officer master jacques what can have happened mr arbogone you are quite upset ah mr anselme you see me the most unfortunate of men and you can never imagine what vexation and disorder is connected with the contract you have come to sign i am attacked in my property i am attacked in my honor and you see there a scoundrel and a wretch who has violated the most sacred rights who has introduced himself into my house as a servant in order to steal my money and seduce my daughter whoever thought of your money about which you rave yes they have given each other a promise of marriage this insult concerns you mr anselme and it is you who ought to be plaintiff against him and who at your own expense ought to prosecute him to the utmost in order to be revenged it is not my intention to force anybody to marry me and to lay claim to a heart which has already bestowed itself but as far as your interests are concerned i am ready to espouse them as if they were my own this is the gentleman an honest commissary who has promised that he will omit nothing of what concerns the duties of his office to the officer showing valere charge him sir as he ought to be and make matters very criminal i do not see what crime they can make of my passion for your daughter nor the punishment you think i ought to be condemned to for our engagement when it is known who i am i don't care a pin for all those stories and the world is full nowadays of those pretenders to nobility of those impostors who take advantage of their obscurity and deck themselves out insolently with the first illustrious name that comes into their head know that i am too upright to adorn myself with a name which is not mine and that all navels can bear testimony to my birth softly take care of what you are about to say you speak before a man to whom all of napoli is known and who can soon see if your story is true proudly putting on his hat i am not the man to fear anything and if all naples is known to you you know who was don tomas dal burci certainly i know who he is and few people know him better than i do i care neither for don thomas nor don martin seeing two candles burning he blows one out have patience and let him speak we shall soon know what he has to say of him that it is to him that i owe my birth to him yes nonsense you are laughing try and make out a more likely story and don't pretend to shelter yourself under such a piece of imposture consider your words better before you speak it is no imposture 
and I say nothing here that I cannot prove. What? You dare call yourself the son of Don Thomas de Albercy? Yes, I dare to do so, and I am ready to maintain the truth against anyone, whoever he may be. This audacity is marvelous. Learn to your confusion that it is now, at least sixteen years ago, since the man of whom you speak died in a shipwreck at sea with his wife and children, when he was trying to save their lives from the cruel persecutions which accompanied the troubles at Napoli, which caused the banishment of several noble families. Yes, but learn to your confusion that his son, seven years of age, was, with a servant, saved from the wreck by a Spanish vessel, and that this son is he who now speaks to you. Learn that the captain of that ship, touched with compassion at my misfortune, loved me, that he had me brought up as his own son, and that the profession of arms has been my occupation ever since I was fit for it, that lately I heard that my father is not dead, as I thought he was, that passing this way to go and find him out, an accident arranged by heaven brought to my sight the charming Elise, that the sight of her made me a slave to her beauty, and that the violence of my love and the harshness of her father made me take the resolution to come into his house disguised as a servant and to send someone else to look after my parents. But what other proofs have you, besides your own words, that all this is not a fable based by you upon truth? What proofs? The captain of the Spanish vessel, a ruby seal which belonged to my father, an agate bracelet which my mother put upon my arm and old pedro that servant who was saved with me from the wreck alas i can answer here for what you have said that you do not deceive us and all you say clearly tells me that you are my brother you my sister yes my heart was touched as soon as you began to speak and our mother who will be delighted at seeing you often told me of the misfortunes of our family heaven spared us also in that dreadful wreck but our life was spared at the cost of our liberty for my mother and myself were taken up by pirates from the wreck of our vessel after ten years of slavery a lucky event gave us back to liberty and we were returned to naples where we found all our property had been sold and could hear no news of our father we embarked for genoa where my mother went to gather what remained of a family estate which had been much disputed leaving her unjust relatives she came here where she has lived but a weary life oh heaven how wonderful are thy doings and how true it is that it only belongs to thee to work miracles come to my arms my children and share the joy of your happy father you are our father it was for you that my mother wept yes my daughter yes my son i am don Thomas de albercy whom heaven saved from the waves with all the money he had with him and who after sixteen years believing you all dead was preparing after long journeys to seek the consolations of a new family in marrying a gentle and virtuous woman the little security there was for my life in napoli has made me abandon the idea of returning there and having found the means of selling what i had i settled here under the name of anselmo i wish to forget the sorrows of a name associated with so many and great troubles he is your son yes that being so i make you responsible for the ten thousand crowns that he has stolen from me 
he steal anything from you yes who said so master jacques you say that you see that i'm not saying anything he certainly did there is the officer who has received his deposition can you really believe me capable of such a base action capable or not capable i must find my money scene six harpagon anselm elise marianne cleonte valere frazine the police officer master jacques lafleche do not grieve for your money father and accuse any one i have news of it and i come here to tell you that if you consent to let me marry marianne your money will be given back to you where is it do not trouble yourself about that it is in a safe place and i answer for it everything depends on your resolve it is for you to decide and you have the choice either of losing marianne or your cash-box has nothing been taken out nothing at all is it your intention to agree to this marriage and to join your consent to that of her mother who leaves her at liberty to do as she likes but do you not know that this consent is no longer sufficient and that heaven has given me back a brother as well as a father and you now have to obtain me from it heaven my dear children has not restored you to me that i might oppose your wishes mr arbogon you must be aware that the choice of a young girl is more likely to fall upon the son than upon the father come now do not force people to say to you what is unnecessary and consent as i do to this double marriage in order for me to be well advised i must see my casket you shall see it safe and sound i have no money to give my children in marriage never mind i have some do not let this trouble you do you take upon yourself to defray the expenses of these two weddings yes i will take this responsibility upon myself are you satisfied yes provided you order me a new suit of clothes for the wedding agreed let us go and enjoy the blessings this happy day brings us stop sirs stop softly if you please who is to pay me for my writing we have nothing to do with your writing indeed and yet i do not pretend to have done it for nothing showing master jacques there is a fellow you can hang in payment alas what is one to do i receive a good cudgelling for telling the truth and now they would hang me for lying mr abagone you must forgive him this piece of imposture you will pay the officer then let it be so let us go quickly my children to share our joy with your mother and i to see my dear casket End of Act Five. End of the Miser by Moliere. Translated by Charles Heron Wall.